Welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with me, your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore. Join me for celebrity interviews, behind-the-scenes training sessions, combined with practical advice on how you can feel fantastic. Tune in for easy-to-implement tips and tools on healthy food and fitness. Learn how to look and feel your personal best without turning your life upside down. Welcome to Feeling Fantastic. Hi, and welcome back to my podcast, and thanks again for tuning in, guys. This week, I have another very special guest. I'm I'm blessed at the moment to be having time with some peak performers, and this one is particularly in the corporate world, Michael Duff. Unlike a lot of other people, Michael breezed through his field from a very, very young age and of 28 was appointed chief executive of the Australian PGA Tour. Five years at the helm of the tour, he's worked with the greatest uh, athletes and kept very busy in the golfing world and decided that he moved on um, from there. He joined the Global ATP Tour as executive vice president of the international group. So was sitting front row with the likes of Pete Sampras, Boris Becker, Andre Agassi, Ivan Lendl, Pat Rafter, and I think during this time he's often discussed that this is what really gave him the curiosity to think about what makes the greatest athletes in the world so special, what makes these amazing performers tick. And working for corporations, he's now taking that to develop his Power Within book and the MindSense program, and it's really a pleasure to be able to talk to him today about finding out more precisely what's going on in the minds of those individuals that enable really fantastic 100% success, and we want to share that with you today, and that's what Mike's going to be sharing in a consecutive part series together. We'll be talking about how your self-belief determines the outcome and what you achieve in life. So I can't wait to to really give you some practical tips and tools and hear Mike talk to us about the power of trusting the intuition and really the central structure of how you can actually believe in your own goals and your own self and the power that that will enable you to achieve what's on that piece of paper in front of you and bring out your personal best. So I just want to give a little bit of a shout out as usual. And this one goes to Stacey Hattersley and her family. Stacey, thank you for writing in. You're a remarkable woman with um, going through the foster care process at the moment uh, and also having three beautiful children of your own, looking after your husband as well. Shane, um, thank you for supporting Stacey and her journey on health and well-being. And as a family, I just loved getting your photos of the clean-out of your pantry, of making healthy choices together, and really creating an active living philosophy in a very, very busy household. So well done, guys. I'm extremely proud of you, and thank you so much uh, for writing in and sharing your photos. I'll be putting a quote up from you on the positive vibe section in my blog, thevitalitycoach.com.au. And for those of you that are new to this podcast, don't forget you can hop on to thevitalitycoach.com.au and sign up for my VitFit news for free tips and tools and a weekly summary of my latest blog post from fitness, nutrition, mindset, and some fantastic guests sharing their way to get the life and the body that they want. We're going to make sure that you can do that too. So let's move on to this amazing first chat with Mike Duff, my guest today for episode 16 of the Vitality Coach podcast. Hi, and welcome back um, with the Vitality Coach, Nikki Fogdemore. Of course, I'm your host, and it's a real thrill to have uh, a special guest in my kitchen today for our kitchen table session with Mike Duff. Thank you. Thanks for joining, Mike. Yeah. Mike is the author of The Power Within and um, really has been working 
from a CEO level at a really young age with the ASPU Chemist, mm-hmm. working right through and then most notably at the moment, I think the reason I connected with Mike and we're bringing in this conversation today is talk about the power of mindset, which is really the drive behind your book yes. and connecting people with uh, changing their self-beliefs to mm-hmm. really achieve their personal best. So what we want to talk about today, obviously we only have 20 minutes in a podcast, we could probably spend mm-hmm. hours. It's really helping you as a listener, whether you're on the treadmill at the moment or you're driving somewhere or, you know, uh, for the listeners in Europe as well, um, I hope that we can inspire you to take pen and paper out after this and start thinking, how can I match up my self-belief with my goals and make sure that they're fully aligned? Mm. First thing is really to let Mike explain about the mindset Mm. model. So I found myself running um, major organisations at a very young age and it dawned on me quite early on that I, I wasn't particularly mentally strong. I had a lot of drive and determination and enthusiasm to succeed, but I really wasn't in control of my mind. And what I spend a lot of time with people today doing is teaching them how to think again because so many people have stopped thinking or at least stopped being in control of their thoughts and now their mind is in control of them. So they have a thought and they just go with the thought without ever stopping to say, hang on, was that a really useful thought? It, maybe I should be thinking something else. And so uh, for myself, I worked out that I really needed to be able to understand my mind better so that I could get more from it and, and be more in control of it and kind of work out why it keeps getting in the way. Because you've probably got lots of listeners who have got really um, great goals around their health and vitality and fitness and they set themselves a, a path that they're going to go and they're going to start exercising every week and fix their diet and get rid of all the junk food. And before they know it, they've walked themselves out of it. And there's a yeah. voice in their heads going, you know what? It's going to be too hard this week. We've got, remember, we've got a party on Friday night and this is going to be happening. And it's not that the, the challenge for us is not externally. It's all internally. That's right. We know what we want to do, but we just can't get ourselves to do it because we're not in control of our thoughts. Yeah, and that and that's really summarises the whole point of this discussion. How can we help you regain control of your thoughts and that connection between mind and body? Mm. So um, just to recap as well, the mind-body connection, you know how we are some of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So if we tell ourselves that we're fit and healthy, and we were talking about this last night, even if you're not training for hours every day, Mm -hmm. you have a fit and healthy lifestyle because you believe that's who you are. So you'll do things that actually fulfill that lifestyle. Yeah, so the way our lives are unfolding for us right now is a direct consequence of all the things we do and all the thoughts that we have. And we all develop these patterns around behaviour and thoughts. It might be that when you get out of bed in the morning, you go straight to the bathroom, or you go straight to the kitchen. There's a certain way in which you get to your office or your place of work each day. And maybe Thursday nights is a, going to have drinks with your friends. We develop patterns around our behaviour and patterns around our thoughts. And all those things lead to this place called our life as it is today. Now, what influences how we behave and how we think are the emotional states we spend our time in. And if you're in a really positive state, like you're feeling strong and determined and capable and successful, then there's more behaviours you can access and uh, you'll access them more often and you'll also think more clearly. But if you're, on the other hand, feeling anxious or stressed or frustrated or angry or disappointed, those emotional states tend to shut down behaviours. So if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling really stressed about something, the chances are you're not going to do all the things that you need to do or you're not going to behave appropriately. When you're really angry, and having an argument with somebody, you often perhaps would reflect afterwards and go, that wasn't my finest hour. So emotional states become really important in this. And one of the things that I learnt in my time around world champions was that they're very good at stopping to think about what emotional state they need to be in before they engage. So if it's walking out to play a final Wimbledon, you know, if you want to walk through the on the centre court being 
feeling like you're determined and you're focused and you're strong and you're capable and you're tenacious and you're resilient because that will help you to perform at your best. So would you class that as a sense of mindfulness? Yeah. So really having that moment to stop because most people are rushing through life and they're putting all these external things out but they're not actually spending any time calibrating mm. and seeing how that feels. So yeah. maybe it's a one or two second pause before you react on something. You can start with the smallest thing, whether it's before you get out of bed in the morning, think about how you're going to start your day and how you feel yeah. and choose one thing to be grateful for or start your day off on a good note. Yeah. I've learned over the last 15, 20 years to, to spend my time, what I think about is what's the most appropriate version of me right now? So it might be walking in the door at home and going, okay, calm, curious and loving. Or if I'm about to go and work with a corporate client, it might be curious, focused, uh, purposeful. And so if the best version of you keeps turning up in every moment of your life, you'll get great results. And, and that best version of you is really, uh, this is the challenge for us. What we've got to explore is what it is that we believe about ourselves and how we've come to see ourselves. We might call that our comfort zone because that's the core of it for you. All of us behave completely in accordance with what we believe about ourselves and who we think we are. And notice I said it's who we think we are because what we often say is, well, it's just my personality. And we use that term often with resignation or people say, oh, it's just human nature. Mm. Well, human, yourself. Yeah, human nature to me in that context seems to me to be the lowest common denominator. Human nature is like, well, that's what everybody else does, so I should do it. Well, extraordinary isn't what everybody else does. It's what a select few do because they want something more. And so we are only who we think we are. This whole notion of personality, really interesting. If, if you were a coroner and you were conducting an autopsy and somebody said, can you go and find their personality, you'll never find it. Yeah, exactly. Because our personality only exists in thought. So we're only who we think we are. So the question is, well, so who do you think you are? And how did you come to form that view? And most of that was determined at an early age and really as a consequence of somebody else's opinion. Exactly. If you're five or yeah. six and somebody says to you, hey, Nikki, geez, you're really good at maths, you go, oh, really? And you start to believe in yourself and being good at maths. So you probably do lots of maths. And it's probably no wonder you turn out a rocket scientist if that's what happens. So positive reinforcement and, and encouragement helps us to believe positive things about ourselves. And it, but on the flip side, if somebody says to you, well, Nikki, you didn't do that very well, I can't believe you screwed that up, or we get criticism or expressions of disappointment, we don't believe in ourselves and we're, our view of ourselves is we're somehow not capable, we can't do it. And so the view that we form of ourselves really is developed at the hands of others. We don't live our true lives, we live our lives in accordance with what other people said about us. Yeah. If you've got people around you in your early days who perhaps are overly critical, then your view of yourself is not a particularly strong one. So you may know that you need to go out and exercise to drop 20 kilos and to eat better, but if your view is, well, I'm not very strong, I'm not really capable, I can't do What's that. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Then, then you won't. Yeah. And so what we've really got to do is work on ourselves and our view of ourselves first. Because this is a major discussion, Mike, about our view of ourselves, so just the pure talk around building your sense of self-belief and, and stepping outside and actually making that list of what social impositions you've created yes. from youth, yeah. And then actually, I spoke about this with Shannon Kennedy in the last podcast, how do you determine what your true values are? So I think, you know, in this podcast today, maybe we could focus on helping people find what their definition is of yeah. themselves. So what would be an easy way to say, okay, I know I need to lose weight, I know I need to live healthy, I know I need to have this with conviction so I can ask my friends and my family to support me on that. But unless they have the self-belief to do it, mm. that's not going to work. So what tools well, can we give them to do that? If you think about the sentence that begins with I am, 
Think about all the different ways that you could finish that. And literally as adults, there's probably a couple of hundred, some positive, some perhaps limiting or negative. And, and it's the realization that all of those have come about because of somebody else's projection on us or opinion. To recognize them, it's a great exercise to write, all, write them down, find 10 positive, find 10 negative, and see what they really are. They're an illusion. They're not actually the truth, they were just somebody else's opinion. What's interesting, if you go back to a two-year-old, if, if they understood this concept and you said, okay, here's the sentence, begins with I am, could you finish it for me? I mean, a two-year-old might say, well, I'm hungry, uh, or I am Nikki, or I'm Mike. That's probably it. They'd, they'd in essence be saying to you, look, the sentence is finished. Yeah. I am. But when instead that gets built on. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about two-year-olds to just contemplate for a moment. Two-year-olds live their lives pretty much without fear. They don't give a toss about what anybody else thinks of them. They see the world as this great, big, exciting opportunity. Imagine if that's how you saw life today as an adult, how exciting that would be. Now, we were all two once, so that's how we did see life. And what got in the way is this view of ourselves, particularly the limitations. I'm not very good at that. I can't do that. I haven't got any willpower. So it's getting rid of that, moving it to one side. Yeah. All of us arrived on this planet in the same space, basically. If you, none of us have ever looked at a brand new child and held it in our arms for the first time and said to ourselves or others, oh, it's such a shame. We look at this one, well, I hope you haven't. We look at this <laughs> wonderful innocence, this naivety, uh, this, this unbelievable potential. There's nothing missing. And that's how we all arrive. The problem is, is, as we go through life, we start to form this view that somehow we're flawed. There's things missing from us. And the term I like to use is that we somehow see that we're not enough. And that gets kind of stuck in the back of our mind. And so we go through our lives not being enough and our subconscious mind conversation of the day takes over and keeps, to, keeps reinforcing it. So we keep telling ourselves, or our subconscious mind keeps telling us, oh, I can't do that, I'm not enough, I'm not capable, I'd love to lose 10 kilos, but it's too hard. I'm not as, um, I haven't got as much willpower as this one as Nikki, so I don't even know why I should bother. So, yeah, and I think that's right. And I, I think, you know, you're listening, and I know that you're hearing this, guys, because we speak about this a lot. And the one thing that I learned from Mike when I was listening to him present the other day is that there are two or three really easy steps you can do when you start to hear those voices. Mm. Because everyone that's listening to this now, they understand and they're nodding their heads and they're saying, yes, that's true, it's all up mm. to me and my own perception. But the downfall is they don't do the work to actually re-change re the hard drive. And that's the thing, I think, the power of the power mm. within and the power of mind sense, that model, is actually starting to rewire things. Because yeah. we all understand that yeah. our um, perception of ourselves is formed by others. Yeah. And 99% of the listeners here, they know that they can achieve their dreams and they mm. know they're their biggest block. Mm. The biggest thing that they come up to, to blows with is the too complicated approach you're trying. And that's why this mindset model is kind of great. Yeah. So you've recognized things, you're listening to Mike and you're thinking, yes, I know I need to change things. Yes, I know I might not be an Olympic athlete. I'm an everyday person. What would be the best place to get started? You've done your positives, your negatives, you know. Yeah, so see, see the list that you've written as mm. really just an illusion and push it to one side. What I did when I went through this process was I immersed myself in just the thought over a few weeks of just exploring the notion of being enough. You and I could debate this for the next hour or so, yeah. but deep down, both of us know that there's a universal truth to this. We are complete. We're enough when we arrive, and we've just got to reconnect with that. So the more you stop and just spend time thinking about that and exploring that, the more you awaken to it. What I say to people is we actually have no work to do to get back to being enough again. 
You just have to be. You've just got to realise that yep. you are. It's an yep. awakening to it. And yep. I had this light bulb moment when I was in my late 30s of going to myself, you know, it's just so true. Somebody else might have said that I was not enough, but that was just their opinion. And so I really started to feel that sense of my own enoughness again. Mm. That was when the, the, the real shift started for me. And yep. then I was able to say, okay, um, if, if I want to achieve this thing in life, I ask myself the question, what do I need to believe and who do I need to be? It, it, it doesn't really matter what I currently believe because that's what I'm anchored in right now. My results in life are a consequence of my current beliefs. I, I remember working with a, an executive a couple of years ago whose business was going really, really well. And I said to her, so um, how would you define yourself as a leader? She said, oh, I'm very strong, I'm determined and I'm purposeful. And I said, there's little wonder why you've done so well. That definition of yourself, how you see yourself, would lead to all sorts of great behaviours. And I said to her, what's your biggest challenge for the year? She looked at me a little sheepishly and she said, well, actually, I need, my doctor's told me I need to lose 40 kilos. And she was only five foot two, so you can well, probably picture that. Yeah. And I said to her, so, okay, if the result we're looking for here is to drop 40 kilos, what do you need to do? And, of course, we all know that. It's exercise, it's eat better meal portions, better food, raw, you know, all those things that, that you, you know so well. And then um, I said, okay, so we all know what we need to do to, uh, to, to drop the um, 40 kilos. Why don't you do it? And she started to tell me the story. Well, you know, I have a really busy job and finding time every day, and off she went. And at the end of five minutes or so, she was sitting with a big smile on her face because she justified had justified yeah. completely why she couldn't lose yeah. the 40 kilos. So I said to her, okay, I don't really want to know what you currently believe about yourself or what, how you currently see yourself because that belief and that view is what's led to you being 40 kilos overweight. Yeah. There's self-esteem issues, there's self-worth issues. All, again, are just somebody else's opinion, by the way. So I said to her, give me five things you'd need to believe if you're going to lose 40 kilos. And she fought it for a while, but we finally came up with five things, including that I could find 30 minutes every day to if I don't find the time and if I don't succeed at this, my life expectancy is going to be cut short, or at least the quality of my life is going to be pretty ordinary when I'm older. Yeah. And I said to her, so, okay, we now know what you need to believe. Tell me who you need to be if you're going to lose 40 kilos. And she looked at me and she smiled and said, I guess I'd need to be strong, determined and purposeful. And yeah. I said, well, I thought that's who you already were. That's who you are in your career. That's who you are as it, as it, as it relates to this um, process of losing 40 kilos, then you'll lose it. So when your beliefs about the outcome and your view of yourself, if they support that outcome, then you'll do what you need to do. Yeah, and, th and that's such a wonderful point because at, at no stage in your life is there ever a cutoff point where you can suddenly draw a line in the sand and say, I'm taking responsibility for me. Mm. I'm going to design who I am, design my life. Yes, own it completely. Own it completely. And once you have the sense of ownership and accountability, it's liberating, empowering, mm. and mm. The, you know, you're unstoppable. And I think while you're on that journey, once you've worked out those things, you'll also figure out who you need to be with that's going to support you on yes. that journey. So you need to be with, uh, find people that are your dream team, find people that will support you, that will yep. be there for your milestones, that are proud of your successes, because human nature, people will try and sabotage it without meaning to be malicious. They'll be like, Mike, have another glass of wine, Nicky's mm. not around, or mm. no, skip train this morning with lychee, who mm. cares, sleep mm. in, you know mm. what I mean? They... They're just actually confronted by your ability to create the life that you yeah, want. Yeah, that's so important. You've got to have people around you that are on the same journey as you, that, that have belief, have discipline, have willpower, not people that steal your dreams mm. or want to suck the oxygen out of the room. Just because they haven't got their beliefs in place or their sense of self to be able to achieve what they want, 
I don't want to get dragged into that. No, and the other thing you don't want to get dragged into is seeing their potential and putting your energy into trying to help them because if an individual wants to change, they'll get up and they'll mm. start to take that advice mm. and they will change that. So if you are in a family situation, and I know some of you have emailed me in to say, Nikki, I'm doing the four-week plan and my kids are loving the food and my husband is just the last one to come around, you know, it's not your job to convince someone else of the power of well-being. First of all, you have to live that life yourself. Yes, totally. And then by natural default, you'll inspire others around you because mm. if we're constantly preaching about how great it is but we're not really just focusing mm. on living that, if you do live it by default, you'll naturally get others on board yes. and you'll actually be a great mother or a great husband or a great partner because mm. you'll be a result-driven and inspiring version of yourself. Yeah, it's, it's no surprise really that people who are the victims in life who can't all hang out together and they all kind of wallow in their collective misery, whereas those who do achieve things and uh, you know, go-getters in life hang out with similar sorts of people. So, so you need to think about who you're hanging with at the moment, whether they're actually supporting your cause or hindering it. Yeah, and you know, if we're talking about mindfulness before, and you can generally walk away from sitting with someone, and you'll know if it's a positive feeling or a tiring feeling. Mm. It can be as black and white as that. So really listen to your intuition. And coming back to the points that Mike was making, when you wanted to start to do this, it's not about doing some big mission. It's actually just about taking a few moments. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the best things we can do is to find that two or three minutes every day, which mm. is all it is, and just sit quietly and just start to observe your thoughts. Just be a witness to what flows through your mind. And what that process actually helps you do is realise that these are just thoughts. They're not actually you. Like if I said to you, are you your hand? You'd say, no, it's a part of me. Our thoughts and our mind are just a part of us. But it's like this little insidious virus that takes over and all of a sudden it's generating all the thoughts and it's dragging us along. So when you actually, and this is sort of med meditation mindfulness, stop and just observe your thoughts, you actually start to create separation from them. Mm -hmm. And you realise that those, these thoughts aren't really you. I mean, at a basic level, they're just little electrical impulses that take place in your brain. They're not us. That's all they are. You observe the thought, and then you can turn the thought around. If the thought says in the morning, turns up, oh, it's too cold to exercise, you say, well, that was an interesting thought. Actually, a more appropriate thought would be, maybe I'll just put an extra layer on before I head out the door. And so if your thoughts are aligned with what you want to achieve, you'll do them. And then not only that, you start to feel really good about yourself because you come back and go, well, it was minus five this morning, but I still went for my run. What must that prove? Well, that you've got willpower and your discipline. So all these traits that already exist within us, we've perhaps lost sight of, we realise are there. Yeah, every, start to draw on them. Exactly. And I think Tony Robbins said that everything you need is within you. Mm. We just don't use that toolkit. No. So you're going to have you're going to have your old voices. It's just part of human nature. It's part of being in a world where we get stimulus and opinions, whether we want it or not. So those things are going to come up. Recognize them and mm. have the appropriate response. Mm. You know, or change your game plan. If it is too cold or you don't want to go outside, just do the wake up workout or do some, you know, a little prisoner workout in, in your hotel room. Yeah. All, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, in, in my role, I'm, I spend a lot of my time travelling, and uh, so it's difficult to have a sort of a routine. But what I look for during the course of the day is where are the exercise opportunities? And it might be that if I'm in, in a city that my next appointment might be um, a kilometre and a half away. Well, rather than sort of just jump on a bus or a taxi, I'll walk it. Yeah. Or if I turn up in a building and my appointment is on the eighth floor, walk up the stairs. It's easy for us to find ways to just keep moving during the day. It, it may, I may not be able to do my swim squad routine, but I can do something else during the course of the day that keeps me moving, keeps me exercising, keeps me burning calories and energy, and therefore justifying why I'm eating at the end of the day. 
And how would you describe the feeling of when these things align, Mike? So I think we know people have challenges. We know we need their true self-belief. It's no use meditating and having mantras unless you really believe that you're enough and you're worth it. Mm. So once you kind of, you know, you can take your texture out, write it on a mirror, put post-it notes somewhere, whatever's going to, and, and you know, remind you to just be in the moment. What would you describe as sort of the feeling when things connect? Is it that sort of inner peace and kind of calm, yeah, even in storm? Most of the noise that goes on in our head, that kind of just the white noise that we talk about and all the doubts and insecurities, they all come from the subconscious mind and they're all actually related to this sense of enough. Now, anxiety, for example, or fear. If you, if you treat fear or anxiety as an onion, you strip all the layers away, what you'd find right at the core of that is our fear is not being enough. We're anxious about whether... We can, we can do something or not. Our fear of failure, for example, and what sits right at the core of that, again, is the fear of not being enough. And so when you actually reconcile with that and awaken to your own sense of enoughness, all that noise goes away. You're left with this peacefulness, this quietness, which is really an extraordinary place to be. In, in Zen, they call it the state of mushin, of no mind. You start to see things with such greater clarity in life again. And getting outcomes and results in all areas of your life is just so much easier. We've got so much of our, many of our resources tied up in all this noise and mm. validating our enoughness, which is really what ego is. Yeah. You know, we, we meet people who've got lots of opinions and are very judgmental about things. That's all just us being right. That's the process of self-validation. We're trying to validate that we're enough. When you actually realise that you are, all that goes away. And it's replaced with this peaceful calmness. We don't spend our time in the past um, complaining about what happened because that's where we validate by generally going back to the past and being right about something that's already happened. We don't worry about the future because we believe in our ability to make it happen. So if you're not in the past and you're not in the future, the only place left is the present. When you're in that space with this wonderful sense of calm, you can see so clearly what needs to be done in life and where you want to go, that it's just a joyous place to be. And that calm can start from just a moment in the morning with your family. You know, Imagine a picture where it's all blurry around you. You've often seen that on television or maybe in in image libraries or something, and then there's just this person in the middle and there's just all this blur around. Mm. And that can be on a small moment at the kitchen table with your family. It doesn't have to be that you suddenly envision your next five years in front of you. What it does give you is a sense of going to be okay and the sense of enormous personal trust. Yeah. Imagine if you went down to your favourite local park and in the middle of it there's a 100-year-old oak tree. Just imagine for a moment what that oak tree has observed around it. There's been chaos and there's been panic and there's been noise and drama and all sorts of stuff. And for 100 years, the oak tree has just stood proud in the middle of all of that and just watched it all without getting involved, without being tied up in it all, without contributing to the drama. And we've sort of got to become a bit more like the oak tree. The oak tree doesn't sort of... I mean, there it is, this wonderful grand tree. It's clearly enough. There's nothing missing from it. It's just yeah. beautiful. But it doesn't have to get dragged into the drama. It's only when we need to validate ourselves that we will. And so we don't actually live our true self. We're kind of off on all these different tangents with opinions about this and something to say about that and rather than just being able to live with it. And it's, and it's an acceptance. You know, it just, life just is what it is. We can bitch and moan and complain about it all we like, but it just still is. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. You can't control everything, but you can control who you are. And your definition of success, I think... Instead of looking outwardly about what everyone else is doing, compare yourself to that. It's time to look at your own goals. And we talked about goal setting before, and I'll put the links back on the show notes to really sit down and make sure that your goals are true to you, that your goals are not someone else's that you've seen in a magazine or that you like the sound of. You can be inspired by other people, but there's nothing better than being your true authentic mm. self. 
And that's when you're capable of anything. Yeah, and I think when you look at setting goals too, it's great to have a view of where you're going, but probably the most important goal you can actually set, not an actual outcome so much, but the, but the space of continual improvement. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to always improve, so that tomorrow you've improved over today and the day after, and in a month's time you're better than now or improved over now. Just imagine where that will get you. The 1% rule. Yeah, and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time around the best in the world at what they do, and uh, I can remember having a conversation with, uh, with tennis legend Pete Sampras once about whether it was his goal to win 14 grand slams, which is the most of all time. And at that point, and of course, that was it was, not, it was beyond the comprehension in his mind even to think about 14. So clearly the 14 grand slams wasn't his goal. So how did he get there? His focus was on continuing to improve. And so I, if you seek to be better each day, and not in huge chunks, the 1% is, as you say, 1% every day in 100 days, you're quite good as you are now. And that is the most vital outtake from today's discussion as well. Take the bits and pieces from this discussion and just make 1% of your day, and that's 14 minutes maximum, not even mm. that, on just on being present and on preparing your meals. It could be trying a new exercise. It could be actually stopping before you answer someone. Just put one moment in your day towards that better, mm. higher self, and then by default, you'll be creating a great foundation. Yeah. In the, in the Power Within that I wrote with tennis legend John Newcomb, we, we talked a lot about there about the subconscious mind and also just about how you, once you've quietened that down, how you move beyond that to define yourself. There's a whole list of words there that you can choose that you now are the person defining who you are, not being defined by others. And if in the morning you need to, you want to get out of bed and go for a run, if you wake up and go, okay, this morning I'm strong, I'm determined, I'm honest, I'm capable, that's who, who you are, then you'll behave the way you need to. So it's, it's understanding the process, tuning into the right sort of language, making sure you've got the right sort of people around you. And the other thing I think that's really important is give yourself permission to be extraordinary. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. It, it, so often people keep coming back to, well, it's just human nature. Well, you know, I, I, used to, I used to live my life sort of following the pack. And you realise that most people are going down a certain path in life where they're stressed, they're frustrated, life isn't living up to their expectations, but they keep going down that path. And then you meet people who are going down a different path where they're very clear, very focused, very calm, very purposeful. They've got sort of great energy and this, and this wonderful power sort of within. And you ask yourself, so what... What's the difference? But most importantly, you've got to ask, so which path do you want to go down? Because if you choose this path, how to get on this road will be revealed to you. Exactly. As it is in life. Yeah. We don't need, I didn't know how to, what the ingredients were, but I decided to get on this path. Then all the answers basically came to me, I guess, from the universe. But uh, just don't go down that path. Choose to be extraordinary. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. So, you know, uh, thanks, Mike. I think mm. the most important points, we're going to put these on the show notes as well, but once you've chosen to be your absolute personal best, the universe will continue to open the next door for you. So all you need to do is put one foot first mm. and step out off that ledge and mm. say... Trust it. Trust it. And whether it's, whatever it's going to be in your life, but most importantly, first of all, we have one body. I always mm. say FedEx is not going to send a new one tomorrow. No. Um, so start there. Start by being mindful of your body. Start by listening to your thoughts. Start by listening to how your thoughts affect your emotional and your physical well-being. And just get back inside who you are. Yeah. And then that will be the beginning of the journey. And we'll also give you the links for Mike's um, book that you can download as an ebook from Amazon. You can mm -hmm. buy a hard copy, which I always love to do. I'm old-fashioned. I like to write mm -hmm. notes in the margins. And I'm also going to upload the, um, the self-beliefs and emotional states quadrant from the mindset. Mindset model, yeah. Um, that will be 
inner version on the video as well as the show notes that you can download. Um, we'd love to hear your questions. If you've been listening to this, no matter where you are in the world, and you're like, well, that all sounds very well, but what about this? And you start to hear those you know, mm. those barriers or those excuses or those usual suspects come in, then send us a note. Yeah. We'd love to hear, we call it the, uh, let us share your procrastination list yep. uh, with us and, and let us help you come back and sort of give you some tips to change track. Yeah, and I think if you, if you download a copy of this and you use this as your thought process, um, it'll really help you with this. People often say to me, what, is it hard work doing all the things that you do to stay in shape? I'm in better shape now in my 50s than I was when I was yeah. in my 20s. And I don't actually think about all the things that I need to do to stay fit. What I focus on is who do I choose to be? And I choose to be fit and active and healthy. And if that's how you see yourself, if that's who you choose to be, then you'll do all the things that you need to do to get the result. Yeah. And that's actually going to be the topic of our next podcast uh, with Mike, is discussing bringing balance and actually living that healthy lifestyle seamlessly Mm -hmm. uh, as a part of your life. And I can't wait to share that with you as well. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you, Mike, for coming Pleasure. in and hanging out. So relaxed. Um, and I hope we've inspired you and we've, we've given you some engaging information to start actually creating the life you want. Don't wait. Start today. It's, life is what you make it. So yeah, get curious. Get curious, exactly. Mm. So until next time, I'll have more information on my show notes. And as usual, you can download everything from the vitalitycoach.com.au. Stay healthy and happy. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode 16 of my podcast and don't forget to put your comments and feedback in on the blog post on the vitalitycoach.com.au. Please sign up as well. It's free. I'm there so I can help fine tune you achieving your personal goals and success without turning your life upside down. I want to thank Mike again for sharing his knowledge and expertise and insights with us. Every little bit of inspiration helps when you're trying to achieve your personal best and hopefully the MindSense model will give you the practical tools to really take your living to the next level so don't forget all the information about where you can find Mike's book um, top tips from the podcast as well as what's coming up next are all on my show notes so grab those download them sign up for the blog and we're really here to constantly improve and show you how you can provide some tangible steps wherever you are in the world and however old you are it's never too late to look and feel your personal best Coming up in the next episode, stay tuned again to hear more from Jamie Jacobs and I on fitness. Um, again, from the incredible Lane Beachley as we talk about finding your why. I'll also be interviewing base jumper Heather Swan. And I'm having a fantastic uh, detox your mind discussion with coach Debbie Spellman, which is really exciting. We're going to be running a series of videos together as well. So the content and the tools that we're providing has just grown tremendously. And I can't wait to provide a platform where you can sign up for all of this. Most importantly, it is all available on my blog, vitalitycoach.com.au. I love getting your comments. I love getting your feedback and to hear that even if you're in, I think we've got some great news from Russia as well thank you for tuning in guys i know you'll be busy with sochi olympics just as i'm recording this so so much going on in the world at the moment don't forget i always like to give you a quote at the end of each podcast for you to think about for the rest of the week ahead and i just want to say that a one-hour workout is four percent of your day so if you took four percent of your day uh to actually just try and put that into health and wellness whether it's splitting up between balance and preparing a fresh meal and perhaps a little bit of a fresh air session or you took one percent of your day that's 14 minutes and you just took some time to focus on your body you know you're going to be 
streaks ahead. Don't forget, 1% of your day over 100 days is 100% change. So 1% of your day is not too much to ask, I think, when you're putting your goals into practice. So you guys have a really fantastic week ahead. I hope again that with my guest contributors and some of the really practical information, we can help you look and feel fantastic without turning your life upside down and keep it that way. So until next time, guys, I can't wait to share more news on my Vitality Coach blog, three posts a week, fitness, food and mindset. And until the next podcast, you stay healthy and happy. Thanks for tuning in. For all the show notes from this episode, tips, tools, and also my eBooks, hop online to www.thevitalitycoach.com.au. As always, health and happiness.